Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. Don't want to interrupt your menu over here. <laughs> eat fish, eat chicken. That's what we heard. So that's good. Lamb's supposed to be really good for you. Sort of heard. Anyway, good morning. Happy Easter to everybody as we talk about our diets here. And we have all the pastries out here. So that probably led to us talking about health because. Anyway, welcome again. Happy Easter for those of you here. Again, those who are watching online, we're glad you could be with us and celebrate this day. Let us pause before we get started and pray and be open to what God wants to do in our lives this morning. Father, we are grateful to be able to gather in your name and celebrate the life that you give through your son whose resurrection we acknowledge and celebrate today. Father, may we look to understand what that means for us. May we be open to your spirit's voice in our hearts. And may the power of resurrection empower us to live resurrected lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, good morning and happy Easter. Glad you guys are here. Uh, A couple announcements. This Tuesday, we have our philosophy and critical thinking class happening here in this building at 7 o'clock. I'm not sure what the topic is. I think Rick's got a slide there somewhere. If he does, he'll show it when he finds it. Um, But that's happening. Also, Thursday, we have the women's kind of book club. They're going through Rachel Held Evans' book, uh, Year of Biblical Womanhood. I have heard that the ladies are really having a great time with that, so uh, that's there. If you want to come and join it, you can. You don't have to have already read what they're doing. They're kind of going through the chapters, but I hear it's you know very uh, free in how they're moving through that, so that's happening. And then on the 23rd, we have Full Circle. Again, it's a time for just community to get together, and that's happening um, at the Works Building across the way at 5 o'clock on Saturday, the 23rd. Um, Also, we want to remind you that we are here because of the donations given for all of those who are still donating online and aren't here. Again, thank you guys for supporting us, and we hope to see you guys again soon. But thank you guys for being here. Just a reminder of those things. Um, You know, we had our Good Friday service, Friday, of course, and 
it was great to get together and participate in the Lord's table. And it was, again, something that's pulling us towards that. And we want to do that more regularly in a way that we believe that was actually a part of the tradition where it wasn't just on a Sunday morning, here's the, the you know, small piece of bread and here's the fruit from the vine. But they would actually have meals together because it was to commune with one another as well as to God as well as with God. And so we want to lean in towards that just to let you guys know that that is in the thought process that we're having to try and do something like that. Again, we're not sure how often, if it's once a month or so, um, but we don't want to neglect gathering together in that way and celebrating the Lord's table because it means so much. And so we want to do that more often and just sharing that with you guys ahead of time so you can kind of plan on that. You know, everything you do now has this feeling of, is this okay? You know, I mean, you you go someplace and like half the people got masks on, half don't. And it's like, am I offending the ones that don't have masks? Am I offending the ones that do? You know, I mean, what do I do? And I know there are a lot of people still questioning how to move forward in those things. And and we're going to try and just do things as, not just safe, but as respectful as possible in the future. So just so you guys know that uh, we care about how you feel. And if there are any concerns, please let us know, because we want you to feel uh, this is a safe place and secure. When you guys see a picture or a painting of the resurrection, most of the time, it's a picture of Jesus standing, you know, with his arms out. Early pictures will have him doing like the peace sign kind of a thing. And that's in the Western world. In the Eastern tradition of the church, when you see Jesus in his resurrection, there's more people involved. Rick, go ahead and show that picture. And I don't know if you can see that, but there is Jesus and he's pulling two people out of coffins. And this is a common picture for the Eastern church, and those two people are Adam and Eve. Because the resurrection is not just an event where Jesus rose, but it is supposed to be an event where Jesus is raising humanity. That the purpose of resurrection wasn't just to prove that Jesus could conquer death, but it is to pull humanity out of death. And we sometimes fail to remember the community that we are a part of, that resurrection isn't just a personal thing that we have to celebrate. It is a communal thing because it involves and affects all of us. I want to go through a passage and journey with two who were talking about what had just happened. It's in Luke 24. We're going to start at verse 13. And it reads, Now that same day, two of the men were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along them with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. 
One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. Can we just pause and just say, what the heck, Jesus, right? Like, playing with us? What's going on here? And he says, they go on and they say, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in the word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped, past tense, that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going to go farther. Can we again just pause and say, what the heck, Jesus, right? He says, see you guys later. He's just going to keep moving on. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he broke bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. You know, Easter, of course, is a special day in the church calendar. It's a special day for us too at Genesis. We began 14 years ago on an Easter Sunday in the back of John and Tammy Ellis's house. It was a very windy day in Rancho Cucamonga when it happened, as I recall, but it was a beautiful day. We had chairs set up in the backyard, and it was one of those times where you just remember this was the day we said, okay, we are going to actually be a a church community. And and so it's always held this special, you know, memento in our hearts. And, And we've seen so many different things happen throughout the years doing this, you know, this is the 15th Easter message that I've given. And some of them we've had out in the park, at Magnolia Park in the mornings where we set up and we've had like 200 people show up. I have successfully grown a church from 200 people to 20, you know. um, (laughs) Not everyone can do that. Um, But so many things have happened in this time. And there's been so many incredible things that have happened in our community over these last 14 years. 
I think of our trips to Mexico where we would go and help out at different orphanages or when we'd go all the way down to Vizcaino, which is like 12 hours south of the border in central Baja, the middle of nowhere, really. And we would serve food for a pastor's conference for all the regional pastors there, some hundred pastors or so. And we, the community, would provide all the food and all the labor and and do that, right? I remember, you know, one of those years, Adelio was there in his slippers. um, And he didn't do that at the event. But when we would go and stay, you know, we'd have our little place where we would stay and and hang out together because a lot of us didn't speak Spanish, you know, um, and so we would just go there to serve and help out. But we did that for years. And you guys covered it. You, you paid for that. You served those things. And it was a beautiful thing to see. Just everyone working in the kitchen, making those things happen and how grateful they were for those things. And, you know, we, we did this in a way that was connecting us to each other as well as helping us with the other pastors who were there, you know, and I, I remember going back to our rooms. First, we would stay at these just really rinky-dink hotels, and then we found another one that was like, hey, this one's nice, and so we started staying there instead, and I'd go back, and they'd be sitting there, you know, drinking wine, Adelio in his slippers, smoking a cigar. They'd be playing, you know, and I was like, what the heck, guys? You know, what's going on? And I thought, these are my people. This is my community, and I, I, I you know, shared just enough to keep me speaking there. And eventually they said, yeah, no, no more. Um, our trips to Haiti and the things that we've done in Haiti, building a latrine for the school, building a cafeteria for the school, the Goat and Garden program, uh, the people, those of you who have gone there, I know, Mary, you've gone. I know your daughter's gone. My daughter's gone. And just encountering the people. And what an amazing thing we have been able to do together. It's powerful, and it means so much to me, connecting with those people and with each other. And we've experienced some powerful times and faith expressions together. We've also gone through some difficult times. We've lost friends, loved ones to cancer, including my mom, just a couple of years ago. And and it's been hard. I remember the first memorial service for Cynthia Wheat who died of cancer. And I remember the struggle I had being the pastor and being a friend and having to step into a role as that pastor of a family who just went through this loss and feeling quite inadequate to be able to do this well and having the pain of being in that experience with them. We've also lost people who just moved away moved to other states, and some who have left for various reasons, disagree with me, wanted to go someplace where they might find a husband. I know one person wanted to go to, or they wanted something different for their children. But these are people who have been a part of our lives and now aren't, right? And those things always have an impact on us. We we grow together. We learn to care for one another. We know each other's family. We go out and eat together. We have our children play together, and then things move on. Many of people have just kind of vanished since the pandemic, right? It's been something that we still are trying to figure out who we are as a community now, some two years later, that we're getting back together. We're not who we were two years ago, let alone 14 years ago. 
I'm not who I am from 14 years ago. There's been continual progress and change as we've journeyed together. There have been a few times where I just wanted to stop, right? Feelings of failure, insecurities. I don't know how to do what this is that I'm doing. Um, I'm not good enough for these things. Hurt from criticism, hurt from seeing people hurt by the people they loved and having to enter into their lives during those hurtful times. It, it takes a toll on us. And, and I don't do this alone. We've done this as a community together. You have been beside people who are struggling and going through these things, the, feelingness, the feeling of helplessness, of the inability to make change, to stop what is happening in the lives of people. I've visited children in hospital. I've visited children in prison. I've visited children in psych wards who are part of our family. And and all these things weigh on us because it is like, man, this, this world is just beating us up. And we've journeyed this together. We've gone through these things together. And like the disciples here, we've wondered what's going on. How could this happen? I thought these people were doing well. When did this happen? When did this addiction start? When did they leave their spouse? When did this happen? And how could this happen? When did we find out about the cancer? What's going on with them? Where did they go? And we question what's going on, just like they did. We have doubts. We wonder, what is God doing? I thought he was doing this. I thought we would become this. I thought this was what his plan was. And all of a sudden, it's all shook up. And it seems sometimes like just here in this story that Jesus is just so nonchalant and comes up and just like, hey, what are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I talking about? Don't you know what's going on in my life? Don't you know the struggles that are happening in our community? Don't you understand? And he goes, what things? I'm just like, ah. And what he's doing here is pulling something out of them that needs to happen. And when he pretends he's gonna keep on walking, what he's doing is pulling them into something. Will you let me go or will you persist and call me back? And you see, I I think this is part of what the power of resurrection is. It is the ability to go through the grief, to go through the Good Friday, to go through the silent Saturday, and then to come back to life. Because that is how it works. Have you experienced that? Hey, things are going great. Boom. The bottom falls out. What's going on? Where's God? What's happening? And he says, will you call me back? Because that's how this journey and that's how resurrection works. Another passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul's writing, he says, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Again, it is a community. It's not just Paul. It is this group of people. To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, not just some of you, 
not just for the elders, not just for those who tithe, for all of you, and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. There is so much right here, right? It's powerful statement, their work produced by faith. The things you do because of who you are, because of what you believe, it produces something just like we have been able to see the things that we've produced throughout the years. Your labor prompted by love. The reason we do this is because we love. It's the second of our core values that all the things we do are rooted in love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Endurance is something that we need. It is something that will keep us going and it is inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. And and this is where it is birthed. It is birthed on this resurrection day that when all was lost, when all was seemingly dark, when the hopes had been dashed, he shows up and provides hope in the most unassuming way and reveals to us that life is still here in the midst of the death. This is my 15th Easter message. Why am I doing this? Why are you still here? Why do we still follow Jesus? And and I'm doing this because something's burning within my heart that prompts me to want to do this. Like the disciples, wasn't our heart burning within us as he spoke? I, 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 I want to know more about God. I want to share more about God. It, 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 it's fuel for my soul. It's life to my body. And all those times where I felt like, man, what's the point? What's going on? These people don't like me. These people are saying this. I'm just exhausted. I don't know what I'm doing. I cannot help these people. All the things that we all go through in life, the frustrations of life, there is something still, a spark that starts to be like that little grain of wheat that starts to come out of the ground and starts to produce something within us. And I live for that because it produces life within me. In the darkness of my soul, God speaks and I get hungry for it, and it burns, and so I, I read, and so I listen, and so I, I pray, and so I try to figure out, what are you saying? What are you doing? Do you not know what's going on? And so many times I just hear God saying, what things? Tell me what's going on. And it's an invitation to something deeper, I've learned that resurrection in community is important, journeying with one another, seeing life endured by others produces life in me. When I see what others go through and they are able to be such an example in their hurt, in their heartache, in their struggle, it produces something in me to be able to encourage or be encouraged by others, and I have been so encouraged throughout the years by so many of you 
You've produced life in me with your enduring faith in the hope of Jesus Christ. It's produced enduring faith in my life. And that's why we are supposed to be in community. Just like when we were going through Matthew 5, we started understanding that the idea of Scripture and the sharing of Scripture was never done in isolation. It was done in community. So there could be discussion, so there could be dialogue, so there could be interaction, because that's where the Spirit works, that's where life takes place. Resurrection takes place in community, not in individuality. And forgiveness is the evidence of salvation, that sin has been defeated. Forgiveness not just from God to us, but forgiveness from us to one another is evidence salvation of the power of God to work in our midst. And if we are to live and carry on the name Christian, then we also need to carry the character which cares for one another. Because I have no desire to prove to people that Jesus is alive. I want people to experience life that Jesus gives. I'll let him fill in the blanks. Because I can prove to you something, and if it does not bring life within you, what good is it? I want your heart to burn within you, just like theirs did. When God speaks, when God starts to minister to you in those places of hurt, in those places of darkness, in those places of struggle, I want your heart to burn with the hope that God gives right there in those places because that is the example of resurrection. Resurrection is for us. It's not just for me, it's for we And we prove the resurrection when we live in the life that follows the character of Christ. We prove the resurrection when we do as Jesus did. When we live as Jesus said, we start to example what it is. I deny the resurrection when I don't care for my neighbor, when I don't love as Jesus loves. I deny the resurrection when I do not walk in community with those who I'm supposed to love. I am denying who Jesus is and I am missing the power. And it is in the weakness that God's strength is proved. And it's in death that God brings about life. And just like I've shared, we've gone through so many things. I have, it feels like I have died and come back to life so many times. Not literally but you understand what I'm saying, where you're just crushed and reborn, crushed and reborn, crushed and reborn. There is an enduring faith. You think of the early church that went through persecution and they were crushed and reborn, crushed and reborn. And every time they were reborn, they grew into being something stronger than they were before. I'm not the same person I was 14 years ago, but I, It's been worth the journey. And I can honestly say that in 14 years of hungering, thirsting, and trying to learn about God, I I know less about God than I did 14 years ago, not because I have learned less, because I've learned that God is bigger. 
And now he is so much bigger. And though I feel like I know less, I feel like I know him more. And there's still something burning within me that wants to get up here and talk to people about the life that God can give us. And I believe Jesus is still walking by asking us, are you going to invite me to a deeper conversation? Because I want to be with you, but you have to want it too. And so I hope that this Easter, we will understand the importance of wanting to be in the community that invites Jesus to come and sit down so that we can learn more. So that we can have our eyes opened. When he broke bread, something happened. The familiarity of that, right? Breaking the bread. Maybe then they saw the wounds on his hands. Who knows what it was? It's just, and then he disappears, right? And again, it's like, what the heck, Jesus? You were just here. I see the bread falling to the table, the plate, you know, ring on the table. And then he appears to them and he says, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go, make disciples. Were you going with us? Nope, you guys go. I got all power, I'm gonna be ascending now and you guys go. Again, what the heck, Jesus? Why do you keep doing this to me? And like the father letting go of the bike when the kid starts to ride, he sees something that we don't see. I'm just trying not to crash into the car because, man, every kid I let go of the bike, they were like a magnet to the car. No. (laughs) And God's letting go. And one day we don't swerve and crash. One day we ride. And it is the life of God in us that he smiles. And it was the invitation all along to participate together in resurrection. Because Jesus did not just rise from the dead to prove he could. He rose from the dead to raise humanity with him. Let's be the example of that to the world around us. Let's pray. Father, I want resurrection in my life. I don't need to know how this happened or prove that it happened. I need it to be happening within me. Lord, you came that we might have life and might have it in abundance. And abundance doesn't mean freedom from difficulties. Abundance has to do with intention and purpose and meaning. Lord, may the life you give bring meaning to the lives we live as we invite you to come and to break bread with us. We do ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. May the risen Christ raise you in the life that God gives. And may you take the hands of others and raise them up and start the conversation with God about life. God bless you guys. Happy Easter. So glad you guys got to slept here. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. 
You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.